Well, hey, listen, we are going to be uh, bringing to you our first ever episode of what we hope to be many more uh, podcasting. We're going to start podcasting. We're doing that right now. We're starting today. And so uh, if you're with us, I want to welcome you. And if you're blessed by this, instructed by this, challenged by this, then let other people know. And you might ask the question, why are we doing this? What's, uh, don't you say enough on Sundays and Wednesdays uh, or on the radio and all the other things that are going on? Um, yes, but um, let me point this out to you, that um, I'm always, and listen, I'm not complaining, but I'm, I'm always tethered or strapped or chained to a pulpit or to a radio program or uh, that mode of teaching and preaching. And I understand for those of you of the Christian audience, that is my, my calling in life. That's why I'm living. And so I get that. I'm not, I'm not speaking in a disparaging way about that at all, by no means. But the reason why we're doing this is because I felt a very strong need on my heart to communicate to people because I'm a big fan of getting around, having coffee at a table and talking about the issues of life. And so I wanted to bring that to you guys. I wanted it to be the other side uh, of, of, of Jack and of this ministry and, and in my worldview. And you might say, well, who cares about your worldview? Many people do not care about my worldview. But then again, some people do. And so we want to take advantage of the fact that we believe God has given us a voice. And so we're going to be taking on topics and issues that I would love to, but the pulpit time limits that. So just a couple of things regarding the setup uh, of, of what is called for us real uh, life talk real life talk. So real talk, if you want to uh, shorten it. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about what's going on regarding uh, the heartbeat bill. Uh, if you don't know, I'll explain it in a moment. But the heartbeat bill is making news this morning, breaking news as it has been. And uh, but before we get into that, I just want to uh, lay some of the ground purposes and reasons for why we're doing this. Um, and that is that really, you and I would have the chance to be, can I say this, unplugged that uh, there would be a time of just extreme reality, uh, tastefully uh, honoring God, yes. But I mean, just you and I, if you and I were to bump into, a, into each other at the pier or at the mall or on the street, this is the exact, this is the conversation that we would have. And this is how I would be. And I hope on the other end, it's how you'd want it. But um, we're going to be bringing these to you, and today's the first launch of this, uh, our inaugural uh, podcast. And so um, I need to let you guys know that uh, to get in touch with us, you would want to go to reallifewithjackhibbs.org, uh, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. You'd click on the Connect uh, button there for Q&A. Send us your questions. Just send them. And we will, uh, I think, weekly. We'll do this weekly, I think. We'll see. See how it's received. But um, we'll take it from there. But um, what else? One more thing is that uh, I want to, as much as possible, um, I want as much as possible to take on the issues that are issues that you have to deal with every day at your work or at school. I want to take on the things that everybody's thinking about in church, but they don't have the opportunity to have them addressed. And one of those things right now, it's huge. It's huge in the news, thank God. It's huge 
in conversation, and so it should be, and that is this remarkable swing that's taking place in the United States regarding what has become affectionately known as the heartbeat bill. What is the heartbeat bill? The heartbeat bill that has been uh, created in various states, I think now we're looking at eight. As of this morning, eight states have gotten together with their legislators and they have determined that outside of of a, a woman's health being threatened regarding her pregnancy, outside of, of very uh, small parameters, abortion is illegal. Abortion is murder. And those states are Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, and as of this morning, Mississippi. It's growing. Louisiana, I should say, excuse me. Louisiana. It's growing. The momentum of saving the baby's life in utero is growing. And we want to ask the question, why? Uh, Because, listen, this audience, I hope, is not just a Christian audience. I I hope non-believers or those that are maybe seeking about God are tuning in. Why is abortion such a big deal? Well, first of all, the termination of life, period, ought to be a big deal. And the heartbeat bill says if a heartbeat can be detected, then that child is to be brought to full term. Uh, somebody might say, and they do say to me, Pastor, you need to mind your own business because what a woman does with her body is her own business. That is absolutely true. If, if a woman wants to have sex with somebody, that's her decision. That's, nobody's got control over her body. If a woman wants to uh, you know, go out for the Olympics, uh, shot put, that's her business. That's her body. Work out, go for it and do it. If a woman wants to s- uh, swim the English Channel, Awesome. More power to you. But when we talk about this thing of pregnancy, we, we want to be intellectually honest, not only with ourselves, but with science. In fact, I can make this argument with you. Uh, forget about the Bible. We can just put the Bible off to the side for a moment and not even talk Bible. Let's just talk about the fact that when a male and a female have intercourse and the sperm Uh, connects with the egg and there's uh, impregnation taking place and conception happens. We're talking about pure biology here. We're talking about pure science. And so what happens when pure science and pure biology takes place is that you have a designed protocol. You have a, a corroboration of, of concert type movements that incorporate the male and the female, the sperm and the egg, in sexual union that creates life. Now, you may be an evolutionist and all that and deny the existence of God. Hey, that's your right, okay? But we would all agree that this is absolute fundamental science and that life is created. That's a big deal. You and I are alive right now because uh, somebody... Uh, in our past had sex with your mother and you were born. And so here you are today. And I would assume that you're quite happy and quite glad to have life. Even if you are coming into this world was via rape or incest or something freaky like that. Uh, But you're here now. You are here now. How did that happen? Pure science. And that science is biology and chemistry. And so you have life. And so when a heartbeat is detected, we've got to understand something. 
uh, people will say, they'll argue, well, you know what? The woman has the right to her own body. This is true up until uh, sexual engagement. This is very important. A man has control over his own body until he decides, by whatever mode he decides, that's another day, but he decides, I am going to have procreative activity with that woman, okay? I am going to have sex with this woman. Knowing all the while that if I uh, fulfill the, the, the act, she could very well be pregnant. I will be communicating my informational DNA uh, to this woman. And though we may be at a party or though we may be uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, it doesn't matter. The, the, the act of the union is a scientific act and it creates life. And so in that moment of conception, what happens is, uh, and I know atheists don't want to hear this, but um, biology obeying the design causes uh, life to be formed. And in that instant, the woman now has inside of her another human being. So for her to decide now, after the fact, I have control over my body. No one's going to tell me what to do with my body. It's too late. It's too late. I should have brought to this podcast today a, a toothpaste tube. Um, it's, it's fine as long as the toothpaste is inside the tube. If I open up the, the cap, I'm flirting now with... Uh, the chance of that toothpaste getting out of the tube. I better be careful. Okay, so when a guy and a girl gets together and they're getting all smoochy and getting all close and cuddly and things are starting to happen, you're taking the cap off the toothpaste tube. Are you with me? And then if that keeps escalating and that tube is squeezed, what happens is the toothpaste is out of the tube. There is no way on God's green earth you can get the toothpaste back inside the tube. This is science. Everybody knows this. And so once that happens, the woman at that moment now is hosting another human being inside of her. I call it a miracle. You might call it science. I call it a scientific miracle because my God is the engineer of science. That's why science and God and his reveal. reveal revealed word does not contradict. So now you have this pregnancy. But for the woman to say, you know what, I'm three months pregnant. I'm six months pregnant. Now, if the Democrats have their way, if under the Obama doctrine, under the uh, uh, Affordable Care Act uh, legislation, the baby can be terminated at any time, and some states, like California, are arguing the baby, the baby can even die in the delivery room if the mom doesn't want it. Uh, God says it's murder, but I'm not trying to bring up God right now because I want to speak to those who are not maybe familiar with God. But it's murder. Is that a breathing, heartbeat, bleeding, uh, viable human being? Of course. Listen, my nephew was born at 22 or 23 weeks and now I think he's 30-some-odd years old, very bright, very articulate, uh, works in the banking world in Santa Monica. He knows what he's doing with his life. 
And I saw him when he was born, and they literally had him in a box at St. Joseph's Hospital here in Orange County. And I, I got to tell you, he looked like an alien. And I said to myself, there is no way that kid's going to live. I mean, we just need to say goodbye now. And that was 33, 34, 35 years ago. My point is this. He was, he has been, he is a living, breathing human being, just like you. And so for us to say, you know what, I don't want the child, thus my declaration of this child being a nuisance to me or somebody that I don't want to have in my life, I now uh, sanction the uh, extermination of this child. you got to understand something. If you're a pure biologist, you're terminating life. And biologists are not big on that. Chemists are not big on that. It's very exciting, you know, to have life happen. You see, this, this abortion issue is a scourge upon the United States in all kinds of ways, but one of them is it's incredibly intellectually dishonest. Horrifically. It is such a, a ruse on logic and thinking. I am pregnant. I have this thing in me, this human. It's not a, it's not a German shepherd. Uh, it's not... Uh, f fleshy tissue. In fact, what did um, what did Barack Obama say during his presidency, that he was um, for any term abortion. Because no one should be, no one should be uh, tasked or uh, uh, having to deal with that problem. I don't know if the guys behind the microphone or the cameras remember any of that. Oh, punished. He said nobody should be punished with a pregnancy. That's sick, man. That's incredibly sick. Who's to determine that? Nobody can determine that. You say, well, what, what are you saying? That, that, we, shouldn't, that we shouldn't have uh, you know, sex unless it's just for procreation? Of course not. In fact, listen, my Bible, my, my God is the author of sex. He designed it. The God of the Bible designed, in fact, the God of the Bible tells the Christian community in Scripture that uh, the husband and wife ought not to stop having sex unless they have mutual consent to abstain for prayer and fasting, but then quickly come back together in sexual union, lest Satan tempt them. So don't talk to me about God. God doesn't want you to have fun. Our God invented pleasure. Our God invented sex. But just like taking, in fact, last Sunday, I watched the... Uh, the uh, Indy 500, uh, none of those incredible cars at 240 miles an hour went outside the track and uh, drove around in the parking lot. Okay, none of them went around Indi Indianapolis to go get a Starbucks. They stayed on the track because that's how you go 240 miles an hour. That's how you race as you stay within the confines of the track. And God has engineered chemistry, biology, and our human sociology to function uh, within the, the guardrails of life. And so God wants you to be uh, enjoying sex. God wants you to be uh, experiencing his blessings. But he says this is the way that it's done. It's done in the confines of marriage because there's commitment. And everybody, listen, if you're, if you're having sex outside of marriage right now, you, you're gonna, you won't admit this, but you're going to agree with me. You know this is totally true. That um, the sex that you're having is just a sex to satisfy you. It's not a sex to satisfy your partner because it's all about you. Why? Because there's been no commitment made. And so you're going through the chemical biological uh, act of sex because you're driven. You have hormones and you think she's hot and he's hot and this is what we do. 
but you're missing and you know you're missing out because in the confines <clears throat> of marriage, there's the bond of security and safety. Uh, and there's no greater, a monogamous relationship has the greatest sex designed by God. Trust the emotional side, the emotional side and the spiritual connection regarding the body's union is massive, is massive. It's not just a one night stand. That is a joke. And you're ripping yourself off. But I need to get back to this pregnancy thing, this pregnancy issue that God I believe is speaking. I think, look, I'm a Christian, so I'm telling you, I think God is hearing the cries and the prayers of his people uh, as we pray and as we lobby and influence our legislators that abortion is wrong. Here's the scientific reasons why, that you need to go and vote this way, and we hold our elected officials accountable, that we're watching these states dramatically move against the Roe v. Wade of 1973, where now the United States is guilty of, I think, I may be a little bit off, but not far off. We're looking at some 65, 66, 67 million children destroyed in the womb uh, via abortion. And people are waking up. And I want to I thank the young generation, uh, the millennials and, the, uh, and even the, the younger generation today because science is allowing kids to get their phones their apps they're looking at stuff we've got now cameras we've got uh, uh, devices that are able to go inside and and even my goodness even a woman who's pregnant now the ultrasound data is so amazing that when for example my grandchildren before they were born uh, we went to the doctor's office uh, with our um, with our kids and 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 so to look with the ultrasound and what's amazing these these little ones were born and I was shocked that their nose you know the shape of their nose for example uh, the particular shape of their head these kids came out on baby day on birthday these kids came out with the same nose I saw on the sonar, on the uh, on the uh, ultrasound the technology is so amazing the sound of a heartbeat. All of this stuff. Technology has caused this young generation who loves technology to look inside a sanctuary that previously was never never allowed to us. I think if we might have had the technology back in 1973, Roe v. Wade never would have happened. Uh, but listen, uh, this issue, the heartbeat bill, I tell you what, just to the Christian audience, I'll speak to you right now about this. Wherever you are in the United States, or for that matter in the world, I believe without any shadow of a doubt that the Christian is to be so evasive in the political realm that your elected officials know you. They know you by name or they know your church. I think the Christian community, when it comes to these issues where God is undeniably clear, when the Christian church begins to speak up, I believe God anoints the power of the argument that defends him. And I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example. Okay, I'm going to bring the Bible back in right now, okay? Um, so this is Proverbs 31. And we're talking about 3,000, 3, about 3,000 year old bit of wisdom here. Proverbs 31 verse 8 uh, says, Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth 
judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Let me, let me go through this backwards. Would you not agree that everyone should defend and speak up and help the poor and the needy? Are you somebody who, maybe you're a Christian. Does your church help the homeless? Great, it should. Uh, are you a Christian? Do you know people in your neighborhood that are hurting? Do you help them? Absolutely, you're mandated to help them. If you know of someone's need, you go to help them. Any problem with that? Hey, listen, atheist, unbeliever, agnostic, do you have any problem with helping people that are poor and needy? Of course not. We all agree on that. In fact, listen, let's bring in our social justice crowd. The social justice crowd says, we've got to help the poor and needy. I agree. But that verse also says up front that we need to speak up for those who are speechless. Is a unborn baby a human? If you've had the slightest bit of education, you have to say, yes, it's a human. See, it's an embryo. It's a human embryo. It's not a dolphin. Okay, it's not a squirrel. It's a human. If left to mature, you have an adult human being. Okay, all the DNA is there, which is fun, by the way. The moment conception takes place, did you know that all the data at conception is fait compli? It's done. All of it's there. There's no more additions of data. The moment the egg is fertilized by the sperm, you have the longest, you have the longest bit of information you have what is called a teleonomic uh, predisposition. The moment of conception, so there's information in the sperm, there's information in the egg. These two things collide, conception takes place, and the combination of that data creates the longest word uh, known to man. And we call it affectionately the DNA. It's a, what's known as a teleonomic uh, word, meaning that from start to finish, there is extreme data to the point for us still today, it's a mystery. And it's all written there at the moment of conception. And all that happens is God continues your, your body, your blood, the, the mother, She's going into a factory mode of creating um, all that is needed to sustain the growth rate of this child. Man, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but go take a look. It is a mystery in pregnancy that when a child is con when the child is uh, there conceived and the baby's growing, did you know that inside the womb, the baby um, will accelerate at growth and then slow down? And then there's pulses of growth at, at times of growth. For example, the brain will be growing and then it will pause and then it will wait and then it'll grow again and it'll pause. And the same is true with your lungs and your heart and your tissue and um, all, of the, uh, all of the being that you are. Did you know that once the conception takes place, there's just not the same rate of growth for nine months? If it were the same rate of growth within the mom, for nine months, the child would be born at a little over 1,000 pounds. 
and ain't nobody going to want to deliver a thousand pound baby. It's a mystery today how this regulation takes place at just the right time. All of that's informed by that code. So the Bible here says to speak up for those that are speechless. They have no voice. The baby has no voice. Defend those who are scheduled for destruction, who are determined to be destroyed. Defend them. Every reasonable thinking human being should defend the right of an unborn child to come into this world. After that child is born, that child can be adopted. That child can be uh, loved on and taken care of by family or by others. Believe you me. I'm sitting right here in the state of California. There are hundreds of thousands of people in line in California waiting for a baby to adopt. Our families uh, cry for that uh, was satisfied. Our family stood in line for adoption. Uh, and there's, there's countless uh, hundreds of thousands of, of others. Listen, if, if, if a, you say, Jack, a 13-year-old girl, she's, she's pregnant. She, she, she got pregnant. We should abort this baby. Consider this. Does the 13-year-old know she's pregnant? Of course she does. She, in some way, shape, or form, um, she's pregnant. She may be so young, too young, to appreciate or understand what an abortion is, but there's going to be a day. Let's say she aborts the child out of fear and pressure. There's going to come a day when she finds out what an abortion is. You won't be there. Friend, brother, sister, mom, dad, uncle, aunt, school counselor, you won't be there. She finds out what happened to her baby. Her baby was dismantled, dismembered inside of her, and the baby's life was terminated. So who's going to comfort her when she finds out exactly what happened? She will find out if she doesn't already know. Who's going to comfort her? I'll tell you who comforts her. Uh, people who are involved in women's ministries at churches, they comfort. Uh, people who are psychologists and counselors. Uh, there are those who are the post-abortive uh, ministries uh, that are up and down this entire state and across this nation. Do you know what it's like to talk with a 16-year-old who had an abortion at 13 and wakes up and comes to the realization, I really appreciate life now. I really appreciate kids. And uh, I couldn't have kept my baby. I was too young and the circumstances were terrible, but I wish I would have put the baby up for adoption because you know what? I'm only 16 years old. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I see three-year-old kids walking around. And they haunt me. I'm telling you from experience, friends, you can blow this off all you want. I'm telling you the truth right now. Young women today, they'll tell us, I can't get over the fact that the, the baby that I aborted would be seven years old today. No woman should have to deal with that. Nobody should have to do it. Number one, God says let the baby live. Number two, let others love that live on this baby. Let this baby come to birth and let others pay for that and receive that baby. 
So these are really big issues. But what's happening in America, there's a groundswell of support. In fact, um, this is a real rarity. And it's something that I have the freedom to talk about on a podcast. Is this Louisiana bill, this heartbeat bill, uh, was one that the Democrat governor upheld. He said, if it makes it to my desk, I'm going to vote pro-life. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this uh, into law. A Democrat. You see, Jack, so what's the big deal? Um, the Democrat platform in the party, you ought to take the time to read it. I know a lot of people are Democrats. I can't figure out why. I don't get it. You say, well, so that's, you're, a bi- you're biased because you're a Republican. Um, I may be ugly, but I'm not stupid. Here's the deal. Uh, the Republican Party's messed up. The Democrat Party's messed up more. But I'm not going to let either one of those parties silence my voice. You say, well, the, the, the parties use people. I guess they do. They could. But um, I want to believe I'm smarter than the average bear. I use them. I use them. Think about it. You have a dollar in your wallet. You could say, well, money uses people. Yeah, if it's your idol, I guess money would use you. But if you know how to use money, it becomes a tool. It's no longer dollars and cents. It's a tool. See, I'm not going to be used by money. I'm going to use money to advance the cause of God because that's important to me. Same with the political parties. I'm going to vote for people who honor God. You say, yeah, but what if they're unbelievers? You know, what, what about, hey, it doesn't matter if they're a believer or not. I'm going to vote for the person that comes the closest to defending pro-life, who understands traditional marriage, because you can't, listen, you can't have a city, you can't have a village, a town, a country, without traditional marriage. So I, are you telling me who I could marry? I'm not telling you anybody. I'm not telling you anything about that. You can do anything you want in this country. It's a free country. Just know this. God calls the marriage uh, union to be between a male and a female. I vote for people who defend natural marriage. I vote for people who defend pro-life. And I vote for people who recognize the sanctity of Israel's right to exist. Those three things I call affectionately the trinity of truth. From those three things, I can tell you exactly how that politician is going to vote on all the other issues right there. Okay? So regarding this thing about who to vote for um, and to see God bless this Democrat governor who had enough intellectual honesty to do the right thing because his, his Democrat party, in fact, I, I've actually not looked this up, but I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that I bet if you look this guy up, the Louisiana governor who upheld the heartbeat bill in Louisiana uh, I'm going to guess that the Democrat Party is, about, is uh, out to crucify him right now. I don't know this for a fact. I'm just guessing. My question to you is why? Why would a political party be absolutely hell-bent on killing babies? Why? What do you get out of it? What's the point to this? It's absolutely insane. I'm going to tell you that it's demonic. I, I, listen, my Bible tells me God's for life. My Bible also tells me that Satan has come to kill. And so what I'm saying is both parties are messed up, but you've got to pick one that's less messed up. 
And across the nation, uh, the Democrat Party sanctions abortion, even uh, the the aborting of babies. Um, I forget what it's called. Birthday birthday abortions. Birthday abortions for crying out loud. Think of that. It's absolutely sick. Listen, you guys, just a, a, a break for a second. If this of our first inaugural uh, podcast here uh, is making a difference, if it's causing you to think, if it's causing you to uh, see um, uh, things in a certain way, maybe you want to defend where you're at on this particular issue that you think abortion is right on. It ought to be abortion on demand. Um, then listen, shoot a question to us and in following programs, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up. But um, it's, it's just vitally important. And listen, obviously, this is not my opinion, because what's happening in America is that, again, now eight states have rapidly have rapidly changed their laws regarding abortion. And maybe you're asking, how does this happen? And uh, California, would it ever happen in California? I believe it will happen in California eventually. California is just darker. We've got more sunshine than any state, but we're darker when it comes to our morality. And our politicians are gruesome uh, in this state. The Democrat politics of California is cutthroat, barbaric, and anything uh, (laughs) but fair. And um, and so, and really in California, we have a dictatorship. our flag says uh, California Republic, but that's not true anymore. We have elected officials who um, tell us what to do. Uh, they do not listen to us. But what if people in California elected a governor that's pro-life? This is how it happens. What if in California people began voting for pro-life candidates? This is how it happens. So I want to encourage you, whatever state you're in, for that matter, whatever country you're in, uh, you ought to honor God and take a stand for what God says is the right thing to do. And so I've often been labeled by people who don't know me as the political pastor. They like to say that because it makes them feel good. They like to say that because they can't, they don't have to do with me, so they'll, they got to slap a label because they can't fathom that a pastor would speak about cultural issues. You know what? I know somebody who spoke about cultural issues. His name was Jesus. Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Jesus said that, which is kind of fun when you read the Bible because Caesar belonged to God. (laughs) The Roman Empire really belonged to God. So Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. So from my biblical worldview is this. Caesar belongs to God. I've told you before, Caesar's palace belongs to God. Caesar's salad belongs to God. Rome belongs to God. America belongs to God. Russia belongs to God. Communist China, atheistic China belongs to God. It's his dirt. He created it. And according to God, he's going to hold the nations accountable someday. And he's going to do that someday. But you guys, this thing about abortion, um, have you seen one? Have you ever actually taken the time to go online to watch one? I think you should. I don't think you should. In fact, I personally believe you're not qualified to talk about abortion unless you watch one. Because uh, if you've not seen one, then it, for you, it's just talking. It's just talking points. It's theory to you. It's on a piece of paper. It's it's something on a show. It's not a reality. You ought to see one. A friend of mine. Um, Bridget Gabriel, uh, when 
some of you might remember when Daniel Pearl, remember when Nicholas Berg and Daniel Pearl, why do we even remember their names? Who would remember those names? Why? Here, their names, I don't have anything written down. Their names popped right into my head because they were the first guys beheaded by the Taliban and then that then what would eventually become the uh, Taliban II, which is called ISIS. Um, they got their GoPros out and they cut their heads off on, on camera. Everybody should see that stuff. Brzezette Gabriel said that what's wrong with the United States of America is that they, they, they argue for something they don't know anything about. She said, every American needs to watch their heads getting cut off, and they'll never be the same. Why? Because your worldview changes, because you come as close as you can to experiencing something. So a lot of people today, especially college campuses, it's so sad. We're not teaching kids to think anymore. It's really pathetic what's going on. We have people just, I mean, you want to talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. It's just remarkable when... When you can go onto a college campus or on the street with a microphone and actually present data and ascribe it to a different person, you can, for example, you can give all the arguments of the achievements of Donald Trump's economy, but leave Trump out and say Obama, and people will say, it's right on, right on, yeah, yeah, right on. And then you say, oh, I'm sorry, did I say Obama? I meant Trump. And they just go, they get all ticked on that because people are are blinded by emotion and by feeling, by propaganda. You can have your propaganda adjusted instantly if you see something happen, if you watch it. So I encourage you. You should watch an abortion. You should look. Um, Now, look, if you're some way underage watching this, I think just to be safe, you should ask your parents to walk you through that. But um, I wanted to just start this time off together with the breaking news on on this whole thing about abortion and Louisiana's decision uh, to defend life. Um, I'm not a prophet, but I'd like to make a prediction that here, this is 2019, the 2020 election's coming up. I think this is a harbinger of the way the election's going to go. Uh, I'm not talking about Joe Biden and the 21 other candidates uh, versus Donald Trump. I'm talking about the American people who might be waking up to the intellectual honesty that it's wrong to kill babies. And I would love to see all across this land people getting ready to start a, uh, adoption uh, min- ministries and, and clinics within their churches to get ready to handle the influx of babies that are being saved and make a difference in this world. So I'm going to close with this, that um, for me personally, I will unwaveringly, without flinching, defend a child's right to live because on December 24, 1957, uh, in San Diego, California, my mother uh, at the time uh, away alone from my dad my dad was gone my dad told my mom uh look we have a son and we have a daughter and now you're pregnant when i come back uh from this deployment from this activity uh i want to make sure i come back to a house of only a son and only a daughter but not a third child 
My mom, having been born and raised in Hawaii, Catholic upbringing in an orphanage there in Honolulu, uh, knowing that abortion was wrong, but terrified and petrified of my dad. My dad was a very imposing, uh, intimidating character, uh, a Marine, uh, judo, tough dude. <laughs> uh, my mom was intimidated. And so my mom put my brother and my sister to bed, uh, and she uh, attempted on the kitchen floor to perform an abortion. Uh, that wound her and myself up in the hospital in San Diego, where I was born later on January 15th, 1958. And for me, being alive is a very cool thing. I love it. Uh, when I heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it made total sense to me that God would give me purpose. And then reading Jeremiah chapter one freaked me out because the Bible there said that God knew me in the womb. And then uh, coming to the book of Galatians, Paul says that God separated him from his mother's womb for the preaching of the gospel. And so for me, uh, this, this argument about life is a big deal because I survived an attempt on my life. And I believe that um, God wanted me to be here. And for any of you who are thinking uh, that you don't have a purpose, you need to pick up the Bible. You need to pick up the Bible and you need to start reading it. You need to start reading. Maybe, you know what? Maybe you ought to start reading in John's Gospel. Start reading there if you've never read the Bible before. Uh, and then you can sneak on over from time to time to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And then you can go back to Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. Okay? And you can find out there that the God that is the creator God of life has given you a purpose to live. It's not about having sex all over the place. It's not about being stoned or drunk out of your mind. It's not about using people. It's not about how many homes you own, airplanes or sailboats. It's not about any power that you broker. It's about knowing Jesus Christ, coming back to the one that actually gave you a purpose for living. And I'm telling you right now, I don't care what you own, who you are. I don't care how famous you are. You are literally, your life is purposeless and meaningless. You have no satisfaction because you're not living the way God wanted you to live. And he has, he has, imagine, the one who established and created DNA, the one who knew that you'd have curly hair or no hair, or that you'd be white, or that you'd be Jamaican, that you'd be black, or that you'd be red, God knew this. And you're more than your external package. You're more than that. God loves your soul. The inside of you lives forever. And there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. And the Bible says that's why Jesus came. And so you need to think about that. You need to read John chapter, uh, start in John chapter one and read. But friends, um, listen, if this stuff matters, if you like the format, because this is, listen, this is, uh, I, feel like, I feel like my kids are at this table. I feel like my friends are at this table. I've, the talk that you and I just had right now is exactly how we talk with staff. Um, and I have, I've, I've often said from the pulpit uh, and in conferences that um, I want to bring a message to you that is just as reality as, as I live, and that is uh, around a table. And so uh, that's what we're going to be doing. If it makes a difference or not, if it stinks, if it flops, then let's look, we, you and I have got other things to do. But if it means something, then let people know. And let's build this thing up. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know the terminology. I'll have to find out. But share this. Is that, <laughs> is that the word? Click on that. 
uh, send a link. I don't know. Uh, let the word out. Uh, do I say, do I say, looking beyond the camera, do I say subscribe or something to this kind of stuff? You can go also to the YouTube channel, which is what? Uh, Real? Real Life with Jack Hibbs YouTube channel. Uh, look, chances are if you're in the United States, we're on. We're probably on in your city, on a uh, on, on radio broadcast in your city, if not on demand 24-7, 365 at Real Life with Jack Hibbs. And uh, you can listen to, to everything if you want to. But um, listen, I believe in God. I believe uh, in the scriptures. I, I believe that God has, and we can talk about this next time if you care to, I, I believe that God has given us empirical evidence to believe in his existence. We can talk about that next time. That God has given us empirical evidence to believe in his existence. You might say, Jack, are you saying that there's empirical evidence for the existence of God? That God exists? I'm saying there's empirical evidence that argues for the existence of God. Your counter would say, how can there be empirical evidence if you can't touch God? I'm going to counter with you that God has given us things to touch that are even more powerful than if God showed up today in your room. That can be tested and proven. That can be acid washed to see if it's in fact viable. So maybe we can talk about that next time. Let us know. God bless you guys. Spread the news. All right. See you later. Take care. Bye.